0: Hello, and welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations, a podcast brought to you by survivingbreastcancer.org. I'm Laura Karfing, breast cancer survivor and founder of survivingbreastcancer.org, a nonprofit organization providing community, education, and resources to empower those diagnosed with breast cancer and their caregivers from day one and beyond. Hello, hello, my friends. One of the things that we want to do here at survivingbreastcancer.org and on the podcast Breast Cancer Conversations is to continually provide you with information, inspiration, and resources. So today I am so pleased to bring Maya said onto the podcast. Maya spent 15 years working in healthcare, primarily in the pharmaceutical industry, with a focus on increasing innovation and access. Despite her extensive experience with healthcare systems globally, it wasn't until she first became a patient herself that she realized that much more can be done to improve outcomes and better serve the needs of patients. An engineer and scientist by training, she strongly believes that technology combined with early patient input can address many of the gaps patients experience in navigating the healthcare system. Her conviction that technology-based solutions that empower patients can lead to better outcomes, led her to create Outcomes For Me.
1: We're not interested in averages. It's personal. It's one person, and we want to be relevant to that person.
0: Welcome to the conversation.
1: My name is Maya Saeed. I'm founder CEO of Outcomes For Me. Um, You know, I'm an engineer scientist by training. That's where I started my education, my career, Uh, but then very rapidly ended up spending the last 15 years or so before starting Outcomes For Me in the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, and mainly in charge of either partnering with biotech and tech companies, or most recently, I was leading the global market access, pricing and reimbursement of cancer drugs oh, okay. uh, at Novartis. And, um, you know, throughout my career, before starting Outcomes for Me, um, I've been, you know, really passionate about science, innovation and bringing it to patients, really doing a change and accelerating um, you know, curing disease, and uh, and I think one of the reasons for starting outcomes for me was the realization, and we can go into that if you want. But the realization that ultimately, science for the sake of science is not what we want. We want science to really have an impact to help us, you know, cure disease. But to do that, you need innovation, you need access, yes, and then you need actually people to be able to get to the treatment and know about them, which is the reason we created Outcomes For Me and which is a direct-to-patient platform to help patients navigate through their care, empowering them, with the information they need to advocate for themselves.
0: Absolutely, I love that. And I think that's so much of the synergy that we both bring to our breast cancer communities. And we can get into that a little bit more as well. And so coming from the pharmaceutical background and the corporate side, you really have an understanding, a deep understanding for what the ins and outs are for the therapeutics, the the drugs, the patients, the financial burdens that people experience going through cancer. So tell me how that helped inform some of your initial ideas of starting outcomes for me.
1: Yeah. So, so first of all, you know, like coming from the pharmaceutical side, you, you're essentially embedded in innovation, right? By you know, biotech innovation, pharma innovation, and you know, the part that's really exciting about cancer, as you know, and breast cancer uh, in particular, but it's all cancers, is there's been a lot of science uh, and evolution in the past twenty years. I mean, twenty years ago when Herceptin was approved for breast cancer, it was the only targeted drug. Uh, HER2 was not a thing until Herceptin was approved, right? And now, you know, 20 years later or or so, there's a lot of approaches uh, that are really helping us not yet cure cancer, but really fight it. And uh, and then, so you see all that potential around, you know, where the innovation and uh, how it's um, accelerating. And then it's kind of you know this opportunity of well, how do we make sure that wherever people are, you know, they have access to that, right? That's the challenge. So so the exciting news, at least you know what you know what what is really exciting about innovation and bio and, and, and bioinnovation is we understand more and better how to target and um, and address some of you know the cancer uh cancers and also we understand better how cancer progresses we don't understand it fully obviously mm-hmm. uh but we do know much more now and have more tools than 10 20 years ago even than a year ago
0: even than a year um, ago absolutely even
1: than a year ago i mean one of the things as you probably know one of the thing we do on the, on the platform is we have integrated the and clinical guidelines which essentially means that you know I think you're familiar with the NCCN guidelines. It's, you know, the, the organization of the leading cancer centers in the world that come together to issue the guidelines around treatments. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we personalize them and we provide, you know, we, we make them patient facing. We're the only organization that has done that. Uh, but just talking about l- last year alone, the guidelines have updated over seven times last year. Wow. And what triggers updates in the guidelines? is essentially a change in treatments that could improve patients uh, and, and hence that changes
0: that. That's amazing. And I don't mean to put you on the spot. Do you have an example of what one of those seven changes?
1: Happened? Yeah, I mean, I'll give you the latest, which was a yes. few weeks ago. Actually, um, you know, at ASCO, I was there this year at ASCO. Um, oh, I wish ASCO, I had known.
0: So were we. Oh, I there. <laughs> Oh, we missed each
1: other. So were you at the plenary
0: session? Yes. What, the standing session plen- with the yes. Two? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yes. And, you know, so, so maybe just for the audience, right? Like mm-hmm. so, so at ASCO this year, there was a, at the plenary session, AstraZeneca revealed the latest results from a clinical trial on in HER2 in HER2 low patients. And, uh, you know, the impact of, of – so first of all, the results were incredible. Right, like you saw a standing innovation that only happens once in a lifetime, totally. I think, in terms totally. of just the impact, how impressive the clinical results were for that population. And also mm-hmm. we all know that HER2 low essentially is today classified as HER2 negative, is treated as HER2 negative. And there's a lot of unmet need. That There's a lot of, you know, metastatic triple negative breast cancer, for example, is very difficult to treat. So you mm-hmm. see that and you see this huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, the NCCN guidelines updated. In fact, the FDA approved that just a few weeks ago, okay. or I think last week. But two, two, uh, two weeks after ASCO, the NCCN updated. It I think it's the fastest um, NCCN update in the history of the NCCN. That day, two days later, we updated we integrated the update and we proactively send notifications and emails to everybody using our platform. That's the power of that. And that's an example of this.
0: I love that. And, you know, I think that's one of the great things of why I love ASCO and a lot of these symposiums and conferences is because, and what you're doing is, is taking this information, taking the research, putting it in relatable terms, sending it and blessing it out to your community and really being able to see the translation into clinical practice immediately. And so I oh. think that is what is so exciting when you talk about innovation and what we're seeing in biotech innovation is really this you know translation of information across platforms, across people, across um, you know disparities and access and everything. So that's really wonderful.
1: Right. And the other thing, I mean, you know, so the, another thing, just going back to the innovation side and how to, can you bring it as quickly as possible to people that need it, um, you know, as, as I'm sure you're aware, like in cancer in particular, um, clinical trials is often one of the best treatment options. Uh, but, but most people are not aware of that. Most people don't even realize. I mean, COVID to some extent uh, educated all of us, kind of made us more aware of, you know, Know, the importance of clinical trials and how they work but in cancer for example there's a lot of misconception around you know how clinical trials are run there's never against placebo it's always against standard of care and so even you know some people advocates are aware of that but the majority of the population 80 percent 85 percent of patients are not aware that clinical trial is sometimes their best treatment options and then clinical trial rapidly evolved and rapidly change. And there's no way today to easily get access to like to uh, to find the clinical trials. In fact, we even know that providers. We were working with Mass General here in Boston to you know help them much more quicker find you know match their own patients to their clinical trials. Um, and so that's that's another example where we also partner with innovation companies and 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 the providers to really Help patients immediately, kind of, you know, find out what are the, you know, what are their options, and if if they're a potential match to a clinical trial, and to help them have that conversation with their provider around that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's linger on that topic a little bit because I know clinical trials is something that I'm also incredibly passionate about because we know the value that it brings not just to the science, but to the patients and the patients that come after those people as well. So I think one of the like mythbusters or misconceptions that I think we. Uh, adhere to at least I know I fell into this category was thinking that you know clinical trials were only available to me at my final last resort and now we're learning you know actually this could actually be a really great second line or third line treatment for somebody depending on what type of their characteristics of their tumor cells are right so yeah
1: or even I mean first line I had a friend of mine here in Boston uh, it's been uh, a year and a half ago get diagnosed with breast cancer and uh, um, she, she's a scientist by training actually she she's she did a lot of research in oncology and you know it's an, it's a relatively early stage uh, breast cancer that she was diagnosed with but and she was being treated at mass general okay. but she sought uh, a clinical trial and she took it so that clinical trial that she ended up being on, was well, the clinical trial that you know started in the neoadjuvant setting, so even before any treatment, that was the only way to be, you know, to be able to enter it. And she's doing well now. But you know, just to give you an example, it's not only second line or third line; it could be first line. It depends, and that's that's also where, you know, this rapid innovation, because it used to be, as you you say, it used to be that you know we do third line, fourth line, because essentially, kind of, that's where you want to see you know, if these actually work or not. But then progressively, there's a lot of clinical trials where, you know, the drug may be already approved in a later line and it's starting going earlier because, you know, the science potentially, you know, to be proven via the clinical trial could indicate that if you intervene earlier, then you get even better efficacy.
0: What was it recently? Was it Verzenio that I think recently transitioned from just being you know for a metastatic now to earlier stage and showing positive outcomes in that in that setting as well so yeah yeah Yeah. it's amazing yeah I've been talking to my oncologist yeah exactly you know we were talking and I was diagnosed about five years ago and she was like Laura the treatment that you were on like we don't even prescribe that anymore like it's no longer the standard and I'm like in just 5 years. So when you're talking about this innovation, you know, 2 decades ago, like it, it's really cutting edge year by year, month by month with everything coming out. And I'm also getting, you know, the goosebumps in the good sense that science has evolved so rapidly that innovation is happening at warp speed that we need now need to get the The standard of care up to speed with a lot of the information that we have going out there. I know there's a lot of new diagnostics that are being made available, new treatments that are becoming online. And so, when you talk about empowering the patients, you know we're we're coming to the doctors now with our printouts and our and our phones with all the the peer reviewed journals and articles of saying, well, what about this? Have we thought about this? And so, I love that you've created this platform and this app, which I want to talk more about. That kind of puts that at the fingertips of the patient, correct? Exactly, because you know,
1: like the challenge with and the opportunity, obviously, with where how rapidly science is evolving, is it's very difficult for for uh, for oncologists to keep up. I mean, you and I sit here in Boston, right? Like, and 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 essentially, we we are fortunate enough to have access to all these specialty care locations: Dana Farber Cancer Center, you know, Mass General, etc. But w- which all have breast cancer specialists, right? but the majority of treatment of cancer is via a general oncologist and the challenge for a general oncologist, we talk to providers all the time, we want to enhance that conversation, help them also, you know, help their patients, right? And the challenge for a general oncologist is how do you keep up with all the cancers? How do you keep up? Like when, when the guidelines update so often, how do you keep up? And in the world of, which is where also cancer innovation is evolving, uh, you know, targeted care, right? Like it's, you know, kind of, I, we just took the example of HER2-Low, right? So then you need to have the HER2 status, but then it's also the HER2-Low status. So if you think about like a general oncologist who, you know, is not seeing only breast cancer patients, is seeing, you know, all kinds of cancers, but then, you know, how often do they see a triple negative breast cancer patients that now is a HER2 patient, it's less often, which makes it even more challenging for the oncologist to stay up to date. So then you look at it and you say, OK, every you know, the oncologist want to help. And we work with oncologists, but the oncologist wants to help their patients. But also let's help the patient also in that shared decision making. Like Let's give them the tools to have that conversation.
0: Maya, I want to talk about your platform and the app outcomes for me. Tell me a little bit about the background and the vision that you have for this.
1: You know, I told you why, you know, coming from the innovation side and the pharma side, the opportunity, but it was also a personal experience that led me to start it where um, I actually didn't end up having uh, uh, being diagnosed with cancer, but I ended up uh, becoming a patient for the first time in my life, um, mm-hmm. which was one of the triggers for me starting uh, the company because in that experience it ended up being a benign math um I became I became a patient and I, for the first time I needed surgery etc and but the experience was super overwhelming to me and I didn't go through cancer mm. and you know I googled and I'm you know I'm a scientist I googled and then like a I, it got very overwhelming very fast. It's like, okay, is it this? Is it this? And and yeah. really, at some point, I thought, you know, I could die tomorrow. This is nothing. Which one is it? Right? Like it's the
0: anxiety, um, the stress, absolutely right.
1: And and the entire experience, just navigating it, was not only stressful, overwhelming. It just I did, couldn't sort it out. Right. So so what we have built is essentially the best way to think about it is that we call it a patient empowerment platform, but it's really personalized evidence-based navigation, right? And and so it, it's all about personalization. So It has to be relevant specifically to me as a patient. Otherwise, I can't do anything with it, right? Otherwise, it's overwhelming. Like, I don't know if this is relevant to me or not. I don't know. How do I know if this is relevant to me today, tomorrow, or in a a week? So that's kind of why the experience on our app and the platform has a lot of features in it, because it's all about personalizing the experience and helping people that are diagnosed with breast cancer to navigate through their care and giving them the information they need when they need it.
0: That pertains to them. In their particular exactly. situation,
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so when people download the app, and the app is free, by the way, I should just say oh, it. People, I know you know that, but like for for the the whole service is free. So when people download the app, essentially, it has a lot of resources in it. But then we, you know, do we want to give the power, you know, to the patient, right? So the app can personalize a lot. It's up to the patient to decide how much it wants it to personalize. So. If the, the, the patient has the option to, um, let so it's, the app asks question because we need to understand the diagnosis. So breast cancer, right? We need to understand if it's HER2 positive, you know, hormone positive or negative. There's a number of things that are important for us to be able to personalize. The, and all this is done automatically. But another option, is so either we can ask questions, we we'll keep them simple because most people don't know the answers to those questions if we get very complicated. But then also patients could uh, uh, authorize us to, uh, to retrieve the medical record so that the app can personalize based on the entire medical record. Oh, okay. And so when the app personalizes, so to take the example of clinical trials, the first thing it does is it automatically shows what are all the clinical trials that are a potential match based on the personalization. And the more they are personalized, the better, uh, you know, the better the, 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 the matching that matching is a live feed from clinical trials.gov. So it's the latest information. So that's kind of, you know, one of the features, then what we do, and we launched this, uh, what's today, Friday, we launched it on Tuesday. So, Beyond that, every now and then we're trying to do a lot of partnerships so that we can also help people access specific clinical trials. So we also kind of, we launched three days ago, we're trying to help accelerate the recruitment of three trials. So we proactively reach out if patients, you know, have enabled notification, you know, you may be a potential to a trial would you like to kind of take a look and so if if people say yes then they ask a few questions we answer a, a few questions we have and then they get on the call with one hour of our nurse practitioners
0: wonderful so
1: that because at the end it's also you need that pers- that personalized yeah. experience right to answer their questions to also see if they are a potential match and from there if they choose to if they want to we can refer them directly to the, uh, the to the trial site for any trial they see on the app the app also provide it's all about personalization so it also provides the center of that trial that are closest to your location and facilitate the contact at any point you know a person could ask a question on our platform and we have a nurse practitioner team that answers the question so so it's a mix of automatic technology yeah. but also we have resources available to get on the call or, at, or answer via email questions to help people really have everything they need to really get the, the best care they deserve.
0: I love that. I love that. And it sounds like you have this, you know, good balance between leveraging technology, artificial intelligence, having the questions not be so overwhelming, and then having that human personalized touch as well. So, you know, I think so many times we're seeing now even on ads, you're like, talk to a live human, because we were so tired of the technology, right? And so to really have that balance, and you're absolutely right. So that way, you know, I could see using myself as an example, it's like you get so far, you're like, okay, here's Here's the the trial or here's information for me. But now what do I do? Like, you know, so I think having that nurse practitioner to be able to either answer emails or talk to me through, you know, next steps or what I could expect is super helpful and very um patient focused and patient centered, which is what you guys are doing, which I I really appreciate. So, you also have all of these like news feeds and other like information that people can access as well. Is that something again when we download the app something that we'll, we're able to customize as well in terms of what information is showing up on our feed for our particular diagnosis?
1: Yeah, so so it, the app has a, so has different models. So think about it as the patient journey, right? Like or you know as patient navigator. The problem of all of us as patients in this healthcare system is we experience the disease, we live with it continuously, right? But the healthcare system is set up so that we can only interact with it on episode by episode basis, right? Like it's, I go see a doctor, I call a nurse, I schedule it. So it's like, it's this chunk of interaction. And so what happens in between? We have no support. What happens if we wake up at 2am and kind of we can't sleep and we want to like have that, that's not, that's not available to us. So what we're really trying to build and have built is really kind of that continuous navigation throughout the, throughout, you know, the care journey. So let me walk you through an example, you know, a person gets diagnosed with breast cancer, right? And downloads the app. And the first thing is, so we ask, you know, are you just diagnosed in treatment or in remission? So if it's just diagnosed, the first thing, you know, the resources would get personalized around, Okay, here are things. What to expect? Maybe we we'll to understand. Ask questions. Like some, we get a lot of people. That well, that's when they ask questions. You know, like I just got this. What you know? What do I need to prepare to have the you know the next visit? Are the questions I need to have, etc. Then you know, let's say there's the definitive diagnosis, and you know the we know the biopsy, etc. Then if we have all that information, whether they are self-entered or we get them from the medical record, they app personalizes and provide all the treatment options, all the way up to drug levels. Now, when we talk about treatment options, we just talked about clinical trials, obviously that's a set of treatment options that are very important to understand, but it's also all the approved treatments. And this is where, you know, we have integrated the NCCN clinical guidelines and made them patient facing. When I say NCCN clinical guidelines, essentially it's the guidelines issued to physicians, not the patient guidelines that they have, the patient, the one issued to physicians and we made them patient facing. And so people can look at specific drug, all of them, and read about them, and also kind of questions to ask their providers. So that's another aspect. Now, you know, at some point somebody gets on the treatment, maybe start experiencing symptoms. So we have symptom tracker, we have symptom management information, we have medication tracking. To your point, the news and the resources, right? So. All the news, that's kind of personalized. Again, the more the app knows, the more it gets personalized. What's also very, very important is it, it goes back to kind of, you know, like that big realization after having spent 15, 20 years of my life in healthcare and thinking that I was patient-focused because obviously, you know, that's, I mean, we. I really believed I was patient-focused, but then I became a patient I realized I have no idea what a patient is, right? And and the same thing, I have not gone through breast cancer, so I don't know what that is. So And, and that's something that's important to all of us at Our Cancer Me is we continue to develop all the time the platform. We get a lot of feedback from people that use it. So, you know, every now and then we have a journaling, for example, in the app. This is something that we didn't set out to build. This is something that we had patients that use the platform. They say, OK, it's great, but, you know, I would love to have a place where I can keep my journal. So we built it. That's an example of that. That's why it keeps on evolving.
0: Yeah, and I I love that, right? And I feel the same way. People are like, how do you come up with your topics for your blogs or this? I'm like, basically my inbox. The people that have the questions mean that they want the information and that helps inform you know, the services and programs that we provide, right? And so I love that you're constantly in this feedback loop and knowing that it will evolve. And I think that's the beauty of technology and the beauty of science and the, the work that we're doing is that we have this you know flexibility and fluidness with the work that we're doing and so yeah the just like the personalization the more information that we can learn the better it's going to be so that's right. wonderful yeah exactly. so what is in the future for outcomes for me yeah no absolutely
1: i mean this is a, so actually i was about to so today that's kind of you know i just it, it, the 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 platform is very focused on helping patients that are just diagnosed in treatment manage their care and also take a proactive approach about them. Uh, You know, what's coming in the future, we've gotten a lot of feedback around, you know, facilitating connections to patients and, you know, like specific connections. So we're developing that on the community side. Um, You know, there's a lot of, so we address a lot of questions that have to do with cost, but on the one, like if we get asked, our team helps. Um, But that's another thing that we want to also help with is, I hear you probably have a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, but getting cancer beyond the devastation of the disease itself. There's the devastation around, you know, kind of how do you manage all these costs, right? And so we want to be able to add that to our platform. That Right now it's not there. We want to be able to add that. So kind of, you know, looking at a lot of feedback on that. But it's really around this. In the future of outcomes, to me, there's two areas. One is, you know, like continuing to add more on the platform to help patients. And this is why the more people give us feedback, we implement everything. Um, and then the second, as I mentioned today, we're live in breast cancer um, across the world. And uh, uh, we, I mean, I know your audience is breast cancer, but also we're developing for the other cancers. So we'll be launching long later this year and, and more cancers. Uh, we have a big focus on equity. So our goal is to really democratize healthcare. That's why we go direct to consumer. That's why you know we, we you know I mentioned also the access piece that we want to do. So that's that's one thing that um we're spending a lot of time on now. We need to make sure that everybody has access. At some point I I I heard actually I think you had on one of your podcasts uh with Abigail, uh, a, a caregiver, right? You mm-hmm. had a podcast oh, yes, on absolutely. caregiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, um, and then at some point, we want to help add an experience for caregivers to help them, right? Absolutely. And to help them help you. So, so there's a lot of things, you know, obviously, I mean, like you, Laura, yeah. it's like you can't do everything. <laughs> but, uh, I know. you know, like we're growing. When we met first, uh, know. you know, we had, we, we were launching, we had like, zero page or oh, we were just starting yeah. now we have over 70,000 breast Holy cancer cow. patients on the that's platform incredible.
0: Yeah. wow yeah. that's amazing and uh, what exponential growth. And I know you're helping so many women and men who have been diagnosed with breast cancer. And hopefully to be able to scale that to all cancers, I think is just really amazing. You know, you and I have the lucky problem of too many ideas, right? And, you know, we're the same way. I have my dinner conversations with William, and all we do is talk about SBC and what we want to do next. And you're absolutely right. There's this this build between, you know, the science and the evidence base, and then the community and the peer-to-peer support. And, you know, the mental health, but the emotional well-being, how it all kind of is interconnected and really taking those like building blocks to create this platform for people where they can get that information and knowing that more is on the horizon, I think is outstanding. So um, speaking of caregivers, you know, we, we were talking about caregivers and that's one thing, you know, with this overarching umbrella where, cancer doesn't just affect the patient, but affects everybody around them. You know, the the caregivers, the families, the children, the neighbors. And so really helping that population understand how they can be empowered and best support those diagnosed. So yeah, that's, that's exciting.
1: Yeah. So, so that's, uh, that's on the, on the midterm horizon, but that's something yeah. that we're very aware of and we want to really help with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So how can people get, a hold of Outcomes for Me is it just like the website outcomesforme.com? Yeah, so it's outcomes for, uh, uh,
1: for me.com. It's also, you know, it's an app, so it's both an app and a website. Okay. On the app is on the you know app store and the, the uh play store outcomes for me, yeah. If you talk about outcomes for me, with uh, the, the, the number, number four, four, right? right the, the number, number four, four. Mm-hmm. yeah. Outcomes the number four me, mm-hmm. uh, it's there, uh, and again, you know, would encourage everybody, uh, that. You know, it's looking for these resources to, so, you know, try it out. to Give us feedback if they're, you're looking for something, yeah. you don't see it. You can, in the app, there's an ask, and that ask oh. could also be around feedback. So, truly, yeah. yeah.
0: So, you, have, you just make it so easy for everybody, which is. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, that's the goal, <laughs> right? is hard enough. <laughs> that's the goal. That's
1: it, you know, like that's kind of. I mean, I, I was telling the team the other day, it's like I wake up every day and it's like, I'm sure you you, you have a similar feeling. And, it, you know, it's crazy. We have a lot of things to do, but I know why I'm doing this.
0: Yes, exactly. And
1: the reason we're doing this is today in healthcare, patients still don't have power. Yeah. And we want to give them the power. And to give them the power, it's about giving them the tools mm-hmm. that help them have a real voice and a real decision making in 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 the in the conversation yeah. with the providers and their care. And ultimately, I mean, you know this. You've done it. You know, it's kind of like we it, it's taking things in your hand and trying to get the resources you need. It's a very difficult thing to go through. Oh, and so- we want to kind of you know use technology and people. As you mm-hmm. said, it's a hybrid to help to help people really kind of you know get you know to help them,
0: right? Oh, absolutely. And you know, I don't think that could be overstated. You know, even in in our line of work, right, where we're here in the business of empowering and providing education. And I had an experience recently. You know, I'm you know in my blue Johnny at the hospital, sitting on the on the bed, and you know. I was like, okay, I'm going to ask my question. I'm empowered. I know the information. And um, I got my response was like, no, not available. And I was like, oh, okay. Let me just get back dressed and get my clothes back on and leave. And I'm like, what is wrong with me, Laura? Because, you know, we know when you get to no, know to keep probing and keep asking questions, or maybe there's another modality or another type of screening, but yeah. you're half naked, you're uncomfortable just physically, you're like on a bed, you're not standing, you're not like, I was just like, okay, let me just go back home and run out of here as fast as possible, because it's embarrassing. And, you (laughs) know, we try and say, you know, we want to be empowered. But I, I just want people to know, too. it's, you know, we don't have all the answers either. And it's not always as easy as we make it sound right with just your questions to ask or, or even some people too who, who really teeter that line of, I don't want my nurse navigator or nurse or oncologist to be mad at me, right? Like, am I asking too much? Mm, and so yeah. what is the etiquette around, you know, developing that relationship? So it really is a two-way partnership.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and, and also everybody, every person is different, mm-hmm. right? So this is where personalization and kind of, you know, adapting, every person as in, is in, the situation is different, Disease is different. Uh, Preferences are different. So it's also kind of, you know, a bit tuning to that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the preferences for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Maya, this has been an outstanding conversation. Are there topics that we haven't covered? We've covered it, but I want, well, we mentioned it, but I want
1: to emphasize it. It's especially breast, I mean, breast cancer, because we're talking about breast cancer, you know, like science is advancing rapidly. Yes. And I think, any any stage, anything, right? so it's and, and sometimes, yes, we don't have a cure yet, but the science is rapidly evolving that it's all about kind of bridging until we get to the cure. And I yes. think, I mean, if there's one message I want to just leave with is, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting to be living in this environment where the science is so rapidly evolving. Like I can, yes. I truly believe that in our lifetime, You know, there will be, we will be able to essentially treat fully cancer, cure it. I I really believe so. And it's all, and I think what's going to accelerate this, I really think so. And that's kind of, you know, also the vision behind the outcomes for me is, is the more we can accelerate, not only the dissemination of innovation but the understanding at scale of how these treatments, how people respond to these treatments, right? Because that's another thing we didn't cover, right? It's when you do a clinical trial and then the drug gets approved or the treatment gets approved, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that many patients that have taken it. And so you really need to understand how in the real world people – it impacts them, you know, how kind of how to best manage it, how to best manage the, you know, symptoms around it. Uh, that's very powerful. And we want to be the platform to help people share that so that we can share it back, right? That's why it's called outcomes for me. It's about you. It's about the person using the platform. And, you know, we, we talk about it all the time within the company. It's we want to help people one life at a time right we're not interested in averages it's personal it's one person and we want to be relevant to that person and so you know a cancer diagnosis is never good news but you know given the diagnosis things are rapidly evolving i think there's a lot of hope
0: yeah oh Beautiful. There's definitely, yeah, to end on the hope note, I love that. Maya, this has been a true pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much,
1: Laura. Thank you.
0: And thank you all for listening and tuning in week after week here on Breast Cancer Conversations. Please be mindful that all of our content and information is for educational purposes only and is never a substitute for medical advice. If you want to hang out, again, please check out survivingbreastcancer.org forward slash events where you can RSVP to our Thursday Night Thrivers weekly meetup, our Movement Monday classes, workshops, seminars, and so much more. We can also continue the dialogue online via social media. Our Instagram handle is survivingbreastcancer.org, all one word, and you can follow us on Twitter at SBC underscore ORG. Until next time, keep on thriving.